0: Well, thank God it's here. All four pages. Thank you, Rusty. You're the best. (laughs) A good number of years ago, I'm a sailor. I love to sail and uh, I have some sailing buddies. A few years ago, my one of my sailing buddies called me and asked me if I would uh, go with him, crew with him, along with a couple of other people. Uh, he was going to take uh, his boat from St. Petersburg to uh, uh, where? Where did we go? I don't remember. Virgin Islands, I think. But anyway, I agreed to do that. And when we we left, it was it was a big boat, about sixty sixty some odd feet sailboat. And uh, beautiful weather, beautiful day, and we headed out and we sailed and we uh, got down to Florida and uh, down to the Keys where you go around Florida and the wind began to blow and blow and blow. We could not even make headway. We could only just go with the wind. And the sea was huge. It was absolutely huge. Uh it crashed down on the boat, filled the cockpit of the boat where the crew sits to sail the boat. And uh we were there, we had harnesses on, we had uh ropes that we clipped to the stanchion so we wouldn't get washed overboard. I remember the the fisherman's prayer, you know, oh God thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. That 60-foot boat that we got on was uh, a lot smaller. There was no way I was going to get out of that boat. No way I was going to get out of that boat. So the boat stories uh, appear actually five times in four Gospels. Five times in four Gospels. Uh twice in Mark, uh I don't know what Mark had to think about it. But the first one is kind of interesting, it's the one where 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 the, the storm and the disciples need saving and so they found Jesus and he was asleep in the back of the boat. So they went and waked him up. Says, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing here? Do something. So he did. And of course he added, You have little faith and then in, again in mark uh same sort of scenario they're in the boat there's the storm and jesus is walking on the water and he the scripture says he intended to pass by them just kind of ignore them i guess i don't know but they called out to him and sure enough uh he got into the boat and the wind ceased and they were astounded it says in scripture For they did not understand about the loaves and the fishes, and their hearts were hardened. This reading follows right after the the loaves and fishes on the mountain there. In Luke, nobody walks on water in Luke. Uh, They were put out, and and Jesus fell asleep. It's kind of similar to falling asleep on the back of the boat. and, of course, they wake him up and he says, where's your faith again? And then again in John, they wanted to take him into the boat. But before he, they could take him into the boat, the Gospel of John says immediately the boat was trans, transformed into their destination. It's kind of a, one of those woo-woo things. Walking on the water is a pretty woo-woo thing, I'll have to say that. But Matthew's version is widely known uh, because it was Peter got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. Doesn't say what it, why he got out of the boat, because that was risky business. I wasn't about to get out of that boat I was in. But if I, if I did, it would be a very good reason for it. So he appears walking on the sea, and Jesus tells him, "Take heart, do not be afraid." And then Jesus kind of tests him a little bit, says, "Lord, if it is you, ask me call me out of the boat." And so Jesus did, and Peter got out of the boat and walked toward him. Things went well for a while, and then he saw where he saw what he had done, and he began to sink. Jesus scoops him up and puts him back in the boat. The things these stories have in common there there are some things they have in common, although John's gospel is a little different in in that. Uh, They wanted to take him in the boat, but the boat already got transported to where they were going. So today, the stories reassure, reassure you and me that Christ is there for us in our time of trial, no matter what, no matter what the storm. Matthew's story has that one unique feature. Peter gets out of the boat. The one overarching theme of these stories in all the Gospels, actually, is faith and trust. But it does take a lot of courage to get out of the boat. So I wonder, you know, so often I I look at the scriptures in a metaphorical way, look for the metaphor. What does a boat represent? Why would he want to get out of it? Sometimes we can see the boat representing the church as a safe place. This is a safe place. The church, our boat. Very safe, I would say, for many. A community where Christ is a center and folks love one another no matter what safe container for refuge in the midst of the storm that rages around us outside. It's a pretty good metaphor. Or the boat could become a condition, it could be a metaphor for a condition that we would long to escape. That we would be willing to get out of the boat. Perhaps uh, we're absolutely miserable, and there's no other relief but to get out of the boat. I was thinking about being seasick. When you get really seasick, you think about getting out of the boat. But, but I think uh, I'm ruining my metaphor here. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the storms outside the secular world crash through the walls of our safe place. Like the, in the story, the boats, the, the waves beat into the boat. Time to put on our life jacket and get out of the boat. Conditions are so difficult sometimes that we would rather choose the storm around us. For instance, if you had an intolerable job, at 8 o'clock somebody actually raised their hand. You know, it wasn't really funny because I I know about that person and they had an intolerable job. It takes courage, though, to just walk away from that. Or perhaps there's a relationship that you happen to be in, and that job could fit in that. Or another kind of a relationship that you might be in that was uh, abusive or intolerable. takes a lot of courage to walk away from that, though. We read about it all the time. Uh, Someone who is being abused in a relationship has such a hard time of walking away from that abuse. And after doing so, will walk right back into it. The difference in the story is, when, when Peter got back into the boat, Jesus was there with him. So sometimes it's an addiction that grips our lives. That we, we might long to walk away from that addiction, but we just can't. We try, but we can't. So in other words, it has an iron grip on our lives and our boat's about to sink. So I began to think about the 12-step programs that we have available to us. I have taken advantage of that. It's been a long time ago, but over 35 years, and I'm so grateful. Bill W. and Dr. Bob and an Episcopal priest named Sam Shoemaker. I don't know if everybody in the 12-step programs even know who that is, but he was instrumental in, in enabling Bill and Bob to, to start that program back in the 30s. So thinking of those 12 steps, I'm going to do them all, but I want to talk to you about the first three. The first one... I would admit that I was powerless over alcohol, powerless. And somebody else might admit they're powerless over drugs, or somebody might admit they're powerless over this toxic relationship they're in. Sometimes it's because the other one is ad- needs to admit they're powerless over alcohol or drugs, and, and so it's a huge mess. Our lives unmanageable, out of control. It goes far beyond the issues of alcohol and drugs. St. Paul would say, St. Paul would preach, you know, he talks about the, the, the desires of the flesh. Actually, just being addicted to our humanness. The desires of our humanness. My desire for chocolate ice cream is a desire of the flesh. And the more I desire it, the more flesh I have. So I, it's just working. This is really not funny, is it? Step two is getting harder came to believe that a power greater than me could restore me to sanity." This is where I believe that I had to really think about, to decide what it is that I really believe about God. In the setting of AA or NA or A. One of kind kind of needs to set aside the doctrine and discipline of the church and look beyond beyond all of this and see what's there. People come with to twelve step programs with all kinds of different relationships with God or no relationship with God at all, and faith is seriously challenged when when we. When we move to the next step, the third step, make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. So I need to spend some time in step two to figure out what it is I truly understand about God because the church wasn't always doing that for me. I had to go in here and figure it out. Faith seriously challenged. In step three, you make a decision to turn my life, my will, over to the care of God as I have become to understand God. And when I came to understand God in that way, all that we do here in the litur- beautiful liturgy of our church and all of our church tradition and the things that we believe came alive when I was able to see behind it all. It takes courage and trust to turn ourselves over to the care of God. Okay, so here's a story. There's this guy, probably an Aggie. It's my brother Rob here, he's an Aggie. There's others here, Rob, you're safe here. And he comes to to this ledge that, that, that that's a cliff, the edge of a cliff, and it's 500 feet down to the rocks below. And he falls off the cliff, and immediately he grabs a hold of a branch that was just sticking out, and he just grabs it, stops his fall right away. But here he is, he's hanging on to this branch on the face of the cliff. So what is he going to do? so he looks up and a voice comes turn loose of the branch he looks back same thing comes turn loose of the branch and he says is there anybody else up there (laughs) okay so yeah The steps don't end there. There's, what, seven, well, 12 steps. There's eight more. I won't go through that. When all seems too much to bear, we can call to Jesus in the storm. He'll get in the boat. He'll invite you to come walk with him. The disciples asked Jesus, do you not care that we are about to drown? Of course Jesus cares. However, we've been given the free will to struggle as long as we want, as long as we care to, before we get out of the boat. Or before we wake Him up in the back of the boat. Before we just wake Him up and put our trust in Him. He waits, waits patiently as we struggle with our lives. We can come become addicted to the demons, and they, be, they, they, they seem familiar. Maybe we were born and raised in chaos, and it just seems familiar. But Jesus loves us, as, and He longs for us. Occasionally if, we, occasionally, if we would just stop and listen, we might hear Him gently offer to help in the words of a friend or a sponsor, in the spirit of worship service like this one, in unexpected places we will find. We only have to ask him to wake him up and then accept his help one day at a time. So I want to read a... Of A verse from Leonard Cohen's beautiful uh, poem, Suzanne. I could say so much about Leonard Cohen, but I'm running way out of time. Erica keeps time on me back there. Goes like this. And Jesus was a sailor when he walked upon the water. And he spent a long time watching from his lonely wooden tower. And then think, you think maybe you will trust him, for he has touched your perfect body with his mind.